Good morning. How are you doing? I'm Jesse. This is After the Gig. Welcome to the show. Took a little hiatus. It was pretty nice. Not going to lie. But hitting the road, I'm actually out the door pretty soon. Heading to Leesburg, Virginia. Two nights there. Baltimore on Saturday the 5th. Uh, where else are we going? I'm going to Warren, Ohio. Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Ogunquit, Maine. Natick, Mass. And that's it for a little bit. But you can go check out the dates at jessehumphrey.com. All things after the gig, jessehumphrey.com. All that good stuff. You can also email into the podcast at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Send me any questions. If you just want to chat, if you're up late at night, just need somebody to talk to, send me an email. <clears throat> Today on the show, I have the great Greg Rom from Red Wanting Blue. And it's a really, really fun one. So enjoy this episode. I'm going to get going. Got to get on a plane. And I will see you later. Bye. Are you guys, so um, Scott mentioned that you guys were like in the process of recording a new album or, or throwing around demos, throwing around ideas and stuff like that. Like, are you, since you're centrally located by the studio or near the studio, are you kind of taking in those ideas and, and helping with the, uh, organization of all that? Um, or what's your role as far as, uh, making new red wanting blue music? Yeah. The, we had a batch of demos coming. Everybody works on their own as I'm sure everybody in this day and age does, um, at their own respective homes and studios and all of that stuff. And then the completed songs will start to come in. And the biggest thing is just getting it to Scott to get his, okay, you know, 25 cents on it, more than two cents. <laughs> and, uh, he puts, he puts his stuff on it and then the demo will come in, but I'm not getting multi-tracks or anything crazy like that here. I've just been writing in this room, my ideas and then ship them out. So we, and then they'll all come here and then we'll get, I'll get cooking on it and everybody will get cooking on it and we'll try maybe even to get on the floor. It's funny that we call this a floor, like we're in Nashville, but get out on the rehearsal space yeah. and cut live things and then start to add the actual band to it so it's not the sterile you know drum machines and right. whatever else but you know dean's cutting drums all day long up in his space so he no i see him on on instagram he's just always he, he fascinates me man he's just into all yeah. the old stuff and he has um i mean dean's one of my favorite drummers to to watch and to listen to he's just uh it's fantastic. And it's just the creativeness and just the, Oh, you have to be like open to using those types of instruments and to like, you know, break out the, uh, the, uh, um, what do you call them? Not the octobongs, but the, uh, Oh, oh the rototoms. Yeah. The rototoms. I can't believe I could. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. 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 To, to bring those out. Yeah. In nobody this day and age. Rototoms. Right. And then, right. you know, a million different shakers when we were in, when we were on the rock boat last year, we stopped at that um, that place in Belize, and he's like out there. Everyone is trying to get some sun and go to the beach, and 
and you know dean's just walking around looking for shakers to buy in these yeah. random like <laughs> touristy shops on the beach in belize i'm like what are you doing dean <laughs> yeah 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 or he's looking for more junk for lack of a better term some he's records hunting some yes crap. he is on the hunt for old crap and he is you should have, we clear we were cleaning the warehouse the week before like doing a big clean out to get ready for the live stream mm-hmm. and he sold an old uh coleman cooler from our old old bus like he was just it was funny we would dig these things out and he's like oh i'll sell that i'll sell that. we're like ready to hit the dumpster with it and just right. be done and clean house and Marie Kondo and thank you for being in my life. Bye bye. <laughs> and no, no, no. He's, he was re- like, he was pulling copper out of old XLR cables jokingly, but it was, it was, I found that really funny. Like, I don't know how much you're joking about this. This is fantastic. Like you, you, know, you find, you no, know it wasn't, it right, wasn't right. as much of a joke as he, as he let on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, incredible. Um, but to get back to it, no, all this stuff comes here. Like right now we're working on a cover tune that we want to put out and everybody tracked their parts in their own spaces. And now I'm mixing that right now and putting it together. And so that's been a lot of fun to just work on that. And I'm finally like getting everybody's real parts essentially and, and putting it all together. So yeah, that's yeah. been fun for the past uh, week. That uh, will there be? Will you guys have an opportunity to all be in? When's the next time you'll have the opportunity to all be in the same place and actually put together stuff first? And then, how much of that time where you take these ideas and these demos and stuff and you actually get in there and play together? How much changes when you're when you guys are all together and uh, making new songs? Um, a We'll get together whenever we... And two. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll get together whenever we um, get our lives together and, and make that schedule. Like, we could do it in a week. We could do it in a month. We just have to get hunkered down and do that. We're all vaccinated at least one round in. So everybody's almost clear there for as clear as you can be on that, um, which is comforting. And then... Um, we'll get back together. So we'll all come back into this space, sort through everything. And then as how much does it change on the last record? If we're going to go through the same process, which is funny, every record you think you're going to do the process you did before, and then it's nothing like that. But if we were to do it again, like we did the last record, it was funny. So much of the demo stuff that people did on their own kind of just stayed and was there. And we would come together as a band and there'd be some arrangement changes. Um, But as far as like the core ideas were just, they're there. All the little parts that people like Mark McCullough is, is a champion at just all. He's got the whole thing mapped out when he comes in with an idea where it's almost like there's no room to really put anything in here. Like you've, you've, the idea is there. And then sometimes we'll have somebody will have a really small i'll be in here editing drums or editing something and i'll hear out in the other room somebody's working on something and then all of a sudden you hear that develop but that's something that's new it's not a demo it's not anything it's just somebody either playing a guitar or sitting at a keyboard 
Right. Um, and then all of a sudden that'll, we're like, oh, let's go. Let's track that real quick and get that down. And um, it'll yeah. become something or it won't become something. So hopefully that answered your question. It does. Yeah. I mean, I think that being able to have that process of where, you know, one person you is in the control room putting something together and then you know say eric can be out playing a guitar and then you're like oh okay let me get back to this let's let's chase that down for a second let's get that to where wherever it needs to be let's get the vibe the idea and then you can just go back and just keep on creating these things because i feel like that collaborative effort things things progress a little a little quicker um, oh, way I w- I'm on that same page with you right now. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but yes, it that fast moving is my favorite. When you can't sit and and I don't know, um, stare at something for way too long, as like all art. But that stuff that is just lightning in a bottle or that's real fast is the most exciting. That that's the best. And when we're collaborative is the Mm -hmm. most exciting um yeah it's fun to sit here and play everything on my own and edit away and whatever else but like just to come in and be like hey dean throw these drums down mark bass you know go and have all these ideas and then get everybody else's ideas um yeah it's yeah it moves it moves so quickly and and like just you know, for lack of a better term, the, f- the flow state of being in a band and being all around and, and all having this creative energy and this, this like-minded, uh, goal in mind. So it, it just, it's great. It's hard. It's a hard feeling to describe to, to other people, <laughs> but it really um, is being in a band is awesome. Uh, it's, I came from sports as a kid all the oh, way through you? high school. Yeah. Playing uh, just team sports. And yeah. All, I, and then as I got older, I'm like, wow, I really like a team. Like, I don't, I don't like just myself. I like, and the, being in a band is exactly that. It's awesome. And, yeah. uh, getting together and putting all those pieces together. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's very hard to describe, but yeah. it's a very rewarding feeling. And it feels like there's a lot less bands these days than there used to be. Or people look at us like, what? or we'll get into a studio and, like when we were working with our engineer in Nashville on the last record, he was just like, wow, it's really great to work with a band again. Cause he was just in that Nashville cycle of an artists coming in and having like the backing band, just kind yeah. of go in and go through the motions and try to figure out their thing. And yeah, yeah. everyone's trying to be a brand or, or something like that. Right. Right. And are we like perfect studio musicians? Like, not at all. We're like road dogs and, and you kind of have to snap us out of that to pull us into the studio environment. But at the same time, he loved the fact that, wow, you're just, you play together. That's the magic. Like as a band, Carbon Leaf, you play together um, rather and, than, yeah, well, you could hire the this great guitar player and the perfect drummer that plays whatever you want. And right. it's, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, you go, like, those ins and outs, when you first, you know, uh, when you first start playing with a different group of people, those early times of, like, figuring each other out are fun. Sometimes it can be stressful, because if it just doesn't lock in or doesn't work out, it's, you know, usually just over. And Mm -hmm. then... But when you find that like long-term group, I mean, you guys have been together for 25 years, I'm sure you, you know, everybody there, how they 
you know, play something, whether, you know, Eric plays something ahead of the beat, Mark plays something behind and it's just, you know, examples coming out of my head, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, exactly, exactly what to expect from everyone and they know what to expect of you, I'm sure. So it's like those little things and just knowing the nuances and being able to play to those strengths are just like, and it's, it's amazing. You know, like you said, it's being a part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And when we came back from having that year off, which was the longest ever, I was, I was talking, texting with Will Hogue because he was on a Peloton with his name, Will Hogue. And we saw it on there and I'm like, (laughs) you want Peloton? And then we were bullshitting about that. Can we curse on here? I'm sorry if I cut a bunch of of stuff. Anyway. And I was just saying to him how this has been so weird because we got into the pandemic talk for a hot second. How you doing? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. How you hanging in there? And I was just like, it's just really weird. I have been in a band since I was 12 years old, literally probably playing music almost every day. Like I would have band rehearsal like like a sports practice. We, didn't, we wouldn't have any shows. We would just get together and get in my parents' basement. Dude. And play and play, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. For us, it was every Sunday. It was uh, it was always at my house. Yeah. And every Sunday we would practice. We had no gigs, nothing on the books. Yeah. And we were practicing, and at one point we all had to talk like we should probably like play in front of people. Right. <laughs> like, right. You, right. Like, yeah. You know, we got to practice for something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so not, and then taking this, this was the first time in my life where I like hadn't played with it, anybody in that much time. And it was a long time because I went through grade school, <clears throat> high school, college playing in one band for all that time. And then Red Wanting Blue playing all this time with guys. And it was just really, really bizarre. So when we hit the, the, to do this live stream it was just like oh and to your point on you know how everybody plays it's just we fell right in because i was having a bike it was totally like riding a bike which i knew it would be but i was having those crazy uh, dreams and just like oh my god i don't even know how that key line goes or what were the changes in that song and right totally blanking on things that you've played a million times and you're like wow it's amazing how quickly this can go away oh yeah but then how quickly it comes back once you sit down and you're with those guys again and and doing all that so oh yeah yeah, it just comes right back to your fingers or your hands or whatever yeah um i i get bummed out because in my living situation or where where it's funny i i ever since I think it's been probably 10 years since I've had a drum kit set up where I live, which is... How do drummers do that, by the way? Like, I would have most to Most of have... them don't. Most of them have a place to practice. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like an animal. And I, you know, I go long. I actually, I don't mind going long periods without playing be- behind a kit because there is this thing that happens when you sit down behind a kit for the first time if you haven't played in like a week or... or you know, three to three days to a week is, um, you have this, you just get this fresh new approach because drums as opposed to this is completely talking out of, out of turn. Like I, I am not like a great guitar player by any means. Like I don't have the understanding of the guitar neck as the way I do of a drum or in how Mm -hmm. drums work. But like, 
But you can play chords. You can play a song. You play a lot of songs. You're not like, right. I need to move a capo wherever I need to get things. You can move around. Yeah. Yeah. But that dexterity, I, I find that if I if I wait a few days, that dexterity and different, different um, like, independence exercises and different rhythms kind of just, like, come to me that maybe wouldn't have come to me before if mm. I was in, in like, a repetitive state of practice or repetitive state of playing shows of just Carbon Lee songs or whatever. So, like, different you know, Latin rhythms would come in and come out into my playing. So I'm actually so excited to go down to Virginia tomorrow and get behind my drum kit. I got a whole new set of heads that I'm going to put on. It's going to be really nice and fresh. I'm going to sit down and play behind my, you know, favorite drums and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know what? That time away is really good because you just, you would sit behind a kit every day and get into the same old habits and not, I yeah. do play on a practice pad every day. Everyone that's listening. Right. I, I See, do. that always yeah. blows my mind about drummers is you can practice, but you're not behind a kit, but you're still practicing. Yeah. Rhythm, right? Question mark. Pardon my ignorance on it. Even being in a band this long, I still don't understand what, like, you're keeping your hands, your chops, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of it is like, say, if you're playing... You know, you play piano. Piano is mm-hmm. a, per- a percussive instrument. So you have different things you're doing with your left hand, different things you're doing with your right hand, and they're opposing rhythms and and different dexterity uh, that that you have with or different coordination that you have with your fingers and stuff. So just think of that with your legs and your and your hands. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have a rhythm like a do 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 do, and you're playing some kind of you know, melody in your right hand. Like that to me is, is crazy. Like that's really difficult. Like piano to me is, is the final frontier, you know? And it is difficult. And, and, uh, even after all this time of my slop playing, but my getting my left hand to, to be totally separate from my right hand is it's wild concept. Right. Wild concept. It's the same thing as when I sit behind a drum set to get my right hand on the hi-hat to not do what my right leg is doing is like, I can't do it. And I had Dean sit down and like, just tell me how this really bothers me. How can I figure this out? How to get to a place where you can do it. Yes, where I can do it. And then he was getting into all the counting stuff. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. This is way more complicated than it looks of... Right. A lot of drummers... Thinking what what your right hand is doing compared to what your foot is doing and separating all of that out. Yeah. uh, If you separate... That's how... Like when I was really young and I was learning how to play drum set, like... You have to you have to really slow slow down and you have to do everything separately. Um, so like if you're having a hard time with your your hand and your foot coordination or hand and foot independence, you have to start with eighth notes on the on the hand and then get to a point where you're counting them out and then knowing that the kick is going to be on one and three mm-hmm. and, be, and just slowly just you painstakingly do it until you figure it out. And then what, but the great thing about playing an instrument and doing really anything involved that like involves some, some kind of breakthrough or some kind of like, like when you figure something out like that and you can do it from like 
a second after you couldn't do it. Yeah. It's an incredible feeling. It's an yeah, absolutely yeah. incredible feeling. And and like drums, like you said, you don't know how that whole thing works. It's like I'm practicing different rhythms and different rudiments that I can, you know, take from right here in front of me to different places. Like I'm playing the same patterns, but I move them, you move them around to make them interesting and, and add colors and textures and things like that. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean that, that feeling that breakthrough, like breaking through a plateau on an instrument is, is one of the best feelings in the world, in my opinion. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just it, like, it, I'm, I'm not, it's like this conversation has me so excited for this week. Yeah. 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 You get to get back behind that kit. Yeah. It's on when we do, when we're on the rock boat and we have those theme nights, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed every year that we're going to do some eighties ballad piano ballad, which is way outside my box. Like that is just right. not, I'm not listening to that. I'm not inspired by it really. Or like, I'm not chasing it down. Right. But I'll sit and learn and I'm like, wow, I'm doing things with my hands that I never would have done before. And like playing Sister Christian yeah. was just like my head was melting learning the tune. And I'm sure there's guys with chops that are just like, oh, that song's simple, da 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 knock it out. And for me, it was just like my head was smoking. But I got to the end of it and I'm like, wow, I really learned. Like my left hand got way better and yeah. my right hand got way better. And I'm doing things that I never would have imagined of of even like sitting down and learning and doing that and uh yeah when you get to the finish line right it's nice it is a great feeling especially sitting down like i hate the world i'm never going to get this right i'm never going (laughs) to learn this and then an hour later you're like all right cool i got it all right the world isn't that uh, terrible after all or (laughs) this this song isn't that terrible i can begin to appreciate it and the cool thing is like i bet i bet with that song you can take those exact, you know, if you broke it down to just, just actual rhythms on a piece of manuscript paper, that would actually apply to many other things that you may, you probably wouldn't have normally gotten to. So you, you develop, uh, you develop those patterns and then, you know, maybe you go learn something else and be like, Oh, this is like that thing. I got that, you know? And, and exactly. No yeah. You're, you're putting it all together and, and seeing how they all connect. Yeah. And that song was written by the drummer, of course. So was it? it's, oh, of course yeah, it was. yeah, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Fucking drummers, bunch of lunatics. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> yeah, that song is, we could have a whole show on just that song, but anyway, yeah. yeah. It, but it's awesome to see, uh, the worlds collide in other tunes after learning something like that. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Next year we're doing uh, Brian Adams and that'll be a, a headache, but oh, okay. It's not that bad. It's very sister Christian in certain areas. So you figure it out. And if we do don't it, get to go on the crazy. rock boat, can you guys take me on as your cowbell player or something? I'll play, yeah, we'll slam I'll, you I'll play anything you want. I'll go up there. <laughs> I'll sing backgrounds. I'll wear a dress. It's fine. I know. We'll miss you guys this year. I wish you guys were on again. It's always the like one year off year deal. It's yeah. If it's it's going to happen at this point, who knows? I mean, it seems like it It seems like the cruise line industry is getting it's November, right? It's November. Yeah. Yeah. We've got time. I think it's going to happen, man. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom now as far as I keep seeing anytime I see a story that's, that's like, Oh, this new variant is, 
going crazy and we don't know what's happened like i just want to tell him to shut up just stop <laughs> i know <laughs> right stop printing it go get your vaccine and let's fucking be done well, with it well those news ratings are gonna go way down they can't that's the thing i don't true that i don't trust it anymore like yeah. i used to be a very trustworthy person for the news but this this past you know couple of years has been a, a Bef rough before a rough this year i couldn't tell you what the cnn lineup is i either know now i know everybody's time slot i know when they're moved around i know all the anchors on there i know all the shows yeah it's craziness how and then i flip from cnn to msnbc and then sometimes just if i really want to get pissed off i'll pop over to fox news just to get a little bit of that on the Dude, I do, the the exact, I do the exact same thing. I do yeah. the exact same thing because you have to see, like, what are these clowns talking about? Because it's all, it's all opinions. Whenever, whenever yeah. a news anchor, this this is crazy to me. Whenever a news anchor goes on TV and starts talking about what they think about it, mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm it's out. not news, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not news. <laughs> no, no. There's there's nothing newsworthy in it. Now, yeah, like some of the opinions, I'm like, oh yeah, I see it that way. But all day right. long, it's the same. It's kind of the same things, just recirculated over and over. The the politicians and the the uh, CNN anchors, host of all those shows, are the new rock stars. They're the new oh, yeah. like they're celebrities there's not musicians as celebrities unfortunately it just seems like that is gone there's a handful yeah but it's not as cyclical as it used to be and i sound like an old codger now talking about my childhood but it, it just <laughs> the music business is just so different and and not the same and nobody's well, coming out with big political statements musicians or anything like that that's what's really sad well i mean and that's a whole other thing where musicians are scared of alienating half their audience yeah so so i mean it's their livelihoods and i get it but mm -hmm. i think the idea that if you have an opinion about something means that uh, that you're dead to the world i think it's crazy I think it's, in, it's it's insanity, right? Like yeah, who, it's insanity. who are these perfect people? They all live right. in glass houses. It's like, right. what, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's the people world need, we live in. Need right to be now capable is, of having a conversation with with someone that this is that disagrees with them, and being able to walk away at the end of it with a handshake, a high five. I respect you. You respect me, but we disagree on this thing. Let's keep living our lives and maybe we'll figure some, some compromise out later. You yeah. Know, people aren't capable, just aren't capable of doing that right now. I think in the real world, maybe they are, mm -hmm. but in this virtual world that everyone seems to be to have different, um, different, not just different opinions, but different personalities than, then we're they not, are we're not gonna get there you know yeah people are so powerful behind the screen right now they yep. are just full of power keyboard and, warriors uh, man oh my god yeah did you watch that QAnon thing on uh, hbo uh, mm. behind uh, before the storm or whatever it is it's like a six-part series on it no, it was fantastic this will all that. get cut out it's yeah it was really good it just goes through the whole history of it and like who is q and who are these people behind it? Will we ever know? So it's, who is, is, is Q like a, a is it like a, more an idea or is it actual people? Is it, is it a person? It's actual people. 
Um, okay. Yeah. And you remember like eight, 4chan, 8chan boards, like no. internet. But imagine the worst, darkest places on the internet where people can just say and okay. post pictures of the most extreme garbage. Right. Holes. You know, and it's all like freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want on here. Da 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 da. That's right. where the whole Q thing uh, originated or started, and it's just yeah. Sounds there's pretty reputable. There's, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just like the trolliest place on the internet you can think of of just people that are just out to to attack, and uh, that's what. Uh, yeah, it goes into all of that. I, I don't want to get too deep in it. It's very interesting. But I've watched like three of these QAnon shows of, uh, I just want to understand it. I don't, it's very much like Bitcoin to me. I don't know Bitcoin at all and would right. love to understand Bitcoin, but nobody's made really great shows on Bitcoin yet. But the QAnon thing, it just, yeah. And the way that it's grasped so, grasped so many people in well, a I short mean, amount of time is. Don't you think. Like back in the day, this stuff would have never gained any traction because most people wouldn't have seen it or they would have mm -hmm. dubbed it as ridiculous or it just would have went away. And now it has a six part HBO series that <laughs> literally everyone can fucking watch. Yeah. Yeah. And some, someone that maybe was on the fence was like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. We'll watch a series that's getting traction. It's like the fucking Flat Earth series or the Flat Earth show on uh, on Netflix. There that's a, a real thing? That's, oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. It's cameras doing a documentary uh, following Flat Earthers. And, and like every... I don't know, every 20 minutes or so, someone is trying to do an experiment to prove flat earth. And then like the laser obviously shows that the earth has a curve in it. And they're like, yeah, it just seems like there's a curve. Um, oh my God. But I, that can be explained because I'm not exactly on the right. It's, and they're all ridiculous. But the, the fact of the matter is they have a Netflix show. They're making these shows for entertainment and it's like convincing people that this shit is real and it's fucking not. <laughs> it's crazy. It's that, crazy. It's crazy that, yeah, that you have to convince somebody that the sky is blue. Yeah. It's Ooh. unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we even, we even entertain th these well, ideas. Well, God bless Netflix for even picking that up and putting any money into... I mean, into it's that, hilarious. Like, it's it, right, absolutely right. amazing. It's got to be entertaining to see just idiots, essentially. Uh, <laughs> you see these guys, they have, they have like their, uh, um, uh, what do you call them? Was there, when everyone goes and gets dressed up uh, like video game characters. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Their like robes or the... Uh, Shit, what is it called? Uh, Comic-Con? Yes, Comic-Con. Yes. Yeah, it's like it, it's like a comic con where they're all talking about how the Earth is flat, and and they're constantly like disproving it on their own, and then yeah. making up more excuses to why that that science experiment like wasn't accurate. Or something. Well, that's the thing; they'll just constantly spin it to however they want to, 
whatever they feel is the truth. That's the same thing with the QAnon stuff. Like there's those conventions of that. And the moment they're told something isn't, that isn't the truth, then they just spin it and then they come up with some other angle on it. It's, it's exhausting. You know what I think to be completely honest and to try to see it from that side is it, I think it has, I think it has more to do with a sense of community because obviously if you, if you, can believe in these ideas that maybe the the majority of people discount or don't believe in or or maybe you have a, a fantasy you know some kind of fantastical idea that you found these people you found your people it's like finding your group in high school or finding your group in college or whatever they found their people and anybody that comes in and tries to discount that and take away their power or take away their, their community is the enemy. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we're going to perpetuate this as long as possible because we love these, we love these message boards. We love doing this. So who knows? I, I don't know. That's my opinion. I, yeah, I just hope that it fades at some point, but that's just like, I I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Because, I mean, the internet's not going away. No. And this no. has been getting to the bottom of it with Greg exactly. and Exactly. I know. We could go on We could go <laughs> on hours about this, but it's just like, I wish it were just like Cabbage Patch Dolls and it would just go away at some point. <laughs> like, come in and go. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Not fad. Yeah. Like, get out. But no, it, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, well, all right. So the the interesting thing, like on the music side of it, mm-hmm. is there is this interesting opportunity um, for a lot of different artists to find their audience. So you have, you know, different groups, and if you're savvy enough, and and you can find the right groups on Facebook or find the right people on Instagram and comment to the right people, you can get a song heard or you can get on a, a playlist that you want to get on like, and and you have to find ways to monetize it to make, you know, make a living or whatever. But, um, Mm -hmm. there are, I feel like if you can, if you can game the system and get around the algorithms and stuff like that, or, or have the algorithms work in your favor, then, then you can really, um, gain some traction. And I hope, like you said before, I hope that the rock star celebrity, comes back at some point because we need we need like the arts to get back to the forefront to drive like culture what happens like yeah. politicians and this all this activist like you know there 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 are a lot of really good causes out there but everyone's just yelling at each other you know we need some community we need some culture back in the world it's just everything is just blah 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 blah, blah right now yeah so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of noise. That was like a 12 different thoughts in one. That's just yeah, how yeah, yeah. That's how I work. I, I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you had a lot of things in there. and, and uh, But yeah, on the, the going to your point on getting your music on a playlist or going to this social network and getting people to hear you and all of that stuff... At right now, I wouldn't even know where to start in the music business, like how to even get going. It's kind of overwhelming, but people are doing it, and that's totally fine. But putting asses in the seat at the end of the day, like at an actual live show, that's the hardest thing. And I work on the promoter side a bit. 
um, when I'm here in town and you can see that like there'll be these YouTube stars uh, come in and they'll sell a 200 cap room out and then they'll come back and it's like, oh, they're going to put them in the 500 cap room and you just see it dwindling after the second show, like the second time in a market. It's already dying out because people's attention spans are nothing. Um, and it's a blessing for us, like like Carbon Leaf and Red Wanting Blue, to just, just be able to, like, we've circuited so many times and played all these areas and to just have that f- core fan base. Like, I would consider our core fan base to be fifteen to 20,000 people. That's awesome right now. Yeah, and that's incredible. not many, but it's awesome to just, like, have that pocket of, like, well, these people are going to buy whatever and listen to whatever we do probably that's like that's a good bet we can say we're not going to lose them um yeah but to build that right now i'm just like i wouldn't even know how to do that with people's attention span being so just like on to the next and the next it's very tick i mean tiktok is a perfect example of where we're at right now with just like on to the next video next video next video don't get me wrong my girlfriend shows me tiktok's all day long and i love it i'm laughing pissing my pants it's I love great <laughs> it's awesome it's great thank god that didn't go away and i was just thinking the other day like wow how did that almost go away that's amazing i'm yeah, glad it would, it's still it here bad <laughs> yeah but but the but the tiktok stuff yeah but the but just the attention span of the tiktok like how quickly it's just boom 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 on to the next on to the next on to the next i don't even i mean i guess i could see how you put a song even songs on there have to be what a minute, 30 yeah. seconds. It has Something to be like a that. little hook blip thing that then a bunch of people are doing um, more videos and stuff too, which is fantastic. But I don't even I don't even know how you would sell. I guess at the end of the day now, it doesn't matter to put asses in the seats or like to tour or do any of that stuff. But it yeah. is kind of where the money is. You, you can only make so much money in the um, TikTok world unless they hire you on to do or they're like, you're a creator and we're going to pay you money. But. Yeah, and I think I think with TikTok in general, like the way that their algorithms work, and you know, I've talked to a couple people about about these things that that are in the know. But with TikTok, it it drives it drives people's like say if you've never made a TikTok video or whatever, you know, you can make something, and if it's good, if people like are start to watch it and it gets pushed it'll get pushed out to the to the whole tiktok community which is like one point something billion people Mm -hmm. so that's That's a great algorithm like that's that's a awesome algorithm as something is picking steam up boom explode it where a lot it feels like the other social networks will kind of bury things and they have to like spread based on users spreading it they absolutely 100 percent. so Where tiktok is just like blasting like hey okay this thing's taken off we'll blast it yeah. and tiktok seems to just know what i want to see oh yeah oh yeah it's they like know i know you're watching me laughing at this so you know you're gonna <laughs> serve me up another one of these <laughs> there's a screenshot somewhere of yeah. greg just like dying laughing I'm dying too. laughing at the uh the uh the uh, lawnmower pull and then the butt cheeks like shaking to the lawnmower. I'm just like, I don't know why that gets me, but it really makes me laugh. Yeah. It's the dumbest things. Yeah. I got into uh, like, I play, uh, I don't really play that much anymore, but um, uh, call of duty. I play a lot like Mm -hmm. video games and stuff, but I, 
got into my friends who I play with online. Uh, they, they send out TikToks of people doing ridiculous stuff in the game, like playing, playing call of duty. And I found myself like for an hour just going, just watching like crazy sniper shots or like, you know, really funny kills or whatever, whatever it was. And it's just, Oh man, once you get into the loop there, it's, it's hard to get out. Oh yeah. That rabbit hole is a deep rabbit hole. Oh yeah. That you're, uh, but I think these YouTube creators and the, all these video creators, the ones that are savvy and the ones that make interesting comment, like there's, there is a technique and there's definitely a formula to it. And you have to have a certain type of personality, um, to be interesting and entertaining on those videos. And the editing also helps a lot, but, mm-hmm. um, you, you see these, you see these people and the ones, and you think like these artists or these songwriters or these creators, haven't had yes they have good ideas and they're able to to get them in a video and put them out to people but they haven't had years of being in front of an audience and working things out mm-hmm. <laughs> and like knowing how to put on a show and knowing how to get people to come back and staying you know for hours after to do a meet and greet and talk to people so so they become your fans forever um they they don't have that so it doesn't surprise me that there's going to be this big buzz for the first show when you go in and you're promoting a show or whatever they come in 200 they're like oh that was great we sold it out we're going to move them up they got x amount of hits on youtube on this latest video but you know maybe those 200 people were like oh that's cool kind of been there done that i've seen it i'm not really i'm good so diminishing returns totally totally and and then you've got these just uh promoters that are eating all of that stuff up or not promoters but um booking agents well it's quick money that's what oh it's quick money and i'm sitting there like wow you are you're dirt but you're smart at the end of the day but man you are just you're cashing in and it's on to the next one on to the next one the one area i love and i think has way more promise than it in our market at least in columbus our live podcast they are amazing Who's We've doing live a, podcasts in, in uh, your town? We uh, are the company I work for, Celebrity Etc. has done a few at the Athenaeum Theater, and they've been home runs. Like, really? just home runs. A, the podcasters are cashing in like none other. God bless them. Selling tickets and all of that stuff um, and merch and all. It's awesome to see. And they're putting on a really captivating live show of just doing the podcast in the town. Like Criminal, we did Criminal, which is a big one. Um, and then we did another, I forget the guy's name, but another guy. But they, they sell out and people are totally into to seeing the podcast live. And I so many people are into podcasts over the past four years it's you know massive industry the only thing is like everybody and their brother thinks they can do a podcast right i think um, I can do a podcast. well yeah well you do you do an interesting one like you're honed in on something you're not just getting in here bullshitting well, i mean maybe this one we're bullshitting a bit but um, no this is great this um is really good but the live the live podcasting shows i think have so much potential um yeah. well it's great i mean you, you see um you know dave letterman's show 
uh, my next guest is. That is yeah. That's essentially a live podcast and it has video features. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine that it's really interesting to be in the audience there because I, I think, I don't know if he does it for every episode, but the audience doesn't know who the guest is. So, you know, one time it was Obama. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Kanye. Imagine imagine them walking through. The, uh, I think Jay-Z was one of them. Imagine yeah. them walking through, like, sitting in your seat, knowing that you're going to see this thing with Dave Letterman. You don't know who he's talking to. Maybe you don't even know what the show is. And then fucking President Obama or Jay-Z walks in and sits down and you get to hear. Amazing. You know, it, it's incredible. And you get to hear David Letterman interview like just, I could listen to David Letterman interview the speaker here that I'm staring at, and he'd probably make it interesting or whatever. He did. So, who's so you the, think you make good sounds, huh? Right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> who's the rapper? Um, she's really big right now. He did one with her, and I'm like, there's no way that this episode's going to be interesting. Oh, Lizzo, but, Lizzo, and it was awesome. I loved. I was it. like, I, I, I learned it. about a new drum machine that I had never known about that she was playing. And her little setup and learn more about her. And it was, yeah, it was great. And I'm like, how is Letterman going to make this? Hey, how does he know anything about this? And how is he going to make this interesting? And he, he did. Yeah, it was great. What's funny about that is I had the same, I had the same exact thought. I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy this episode. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I I do actually, I love Lizzo's album, but I'm like, you know, I, I don't think who knows, who knows whatever reason, you know, why I didn't think I'd be into it, but I watched it. I was incredibly mm-hmm. into it. I loved it. And it brings up this other thing where a lot of people will think, and this is probably what I was saying. I'm like, oh, th- these huge superstars, like they're not as talented as, you know, they're just famous. They're just, yep. they're just whatever. Like anybody could do that. They just figured it out. They were lucky. They grew up with money. What, whatever reason they're, they're famous or I'm watching them. But that attitude, it, it's, it's so incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and like people need to realize that these artists, like I had someone come up to me uh, a long time ago, be like, oh, uh, just, uh, Justin Bieber, he's not, he's not that good or whatever. Are you kidding me? Justin Bieber is that good. <laughs> like I, he's, incre- he's incredible. <laughs> I cried during his documentary that was that came out of like his live show and stuff i hate to admit that but it was so moving incredible like when his dad came to see him at a live show and yeah you see the talent in that the kid is amazing like He's 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 amazing he's super talented uber 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 talented and uh and the yeah. thing that these guys all of these artists have in common is they're super talented and they work their fucking asses off. They do not stop. They yep. never, ever, ever stop. Yep. And that, and that is that's what it. That's takes. the key to success. Hard work. Period. End of story. Like, okay, you can get on YouTube and do a series or whatever, and you're gonna find your the fastest way to the finish line. And it's just it. Okay, great. And your blip of time is gonna be super fast, and it's gonna be over. It's yeah, it's infuriating. But the best one, the best ones are from talented people that are well thought out and they take the time. They take the time, the effort. They, fi- they figure out the little detail, the details that make it great. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's such an inter- it's such an interesting idea, and I think it I think it stems from a lot of like you know I, I'm definitely 
super jealous of like super talented people. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, why can't I do that? But it's all, it's yeah. also like, I know where that's stemming from. <laughs> you know, it's like, I also know that they're so good. <laughs> I'm just sad that it's not me. Yeah, yeah. They're really, really great. And I'm more, it, to me, it's more of like, I'm just pissed at like, God, where'd you get all that time to put into that? do that and get really good at it and you're like oh well it just takes time and effort and energy yeah. and yeah. yeah the ones that make me really the 10, mad are hours. the ones that are naturally talented that I don't know. need to put that much work into it and it's like I know. shit I know like Billie Eilish and her brother I'm like oh uh, I am floored by them yeah they floored. blow I didn't I never I didn't get Billie Eilish at first I'm just like what what is this it was the image thing first that I'm just like I don't even know what this is what this is all about which is a terrible way to go about it but then she was on Howard Stern with her brother and then listening to both of them play piano and the way that they write songs and talk about that and hear her sing I was like wow this is again another like really talented person in the real deal his name's F phineas Finne right? yeah phineas or something yeah, yeah yeah i think so have you watched any of his like youtube uh not tutorials but just like explanations of those sessions of his songs and her songs and stuff he, he takes you through um all the logic sessions and and shows you how they recorded things and that's that's awesome no the guys were telling me about it and it's a rabbit hole i need to definitely sit down and get into for and, sure um for sure watch that because i am fascinated by that stuff oh, fascinated i was earlier today i'm mixing this tune that we're covering and bob clear mountain was the the uh mixer producer on it and i'm like oh, how did he get that sound i bet you if i just get into youtube bob clear mountain's big enough that i could look up Bob Clear Mountain snare and find something. And then I got down a whole hole of just Bob Clear Mountain talking about his work and all of that stuff. And I love it. And like dissecting songs and taking apart born in the USA and watching him at the console, like, yes, this is what I did on the snare drum. And then Bruce came in and wanted even more and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just so, I yeah. love that stuff all day long, no and matter what the tune is like song exploder is awesome. That's great, man. Yeah, the show. Do, have, have you seen the the show? The, yeah, the Netflix one is awesome. Yeah. R, it was the a REM one, it was a podcast before. Yeah, the Netflix. the podcast was amazing. Is is amazing. I love it. Even I like Saint Vincent has been like that's so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, but the REM on the actual show oh, yeah. was so cool. I know I sound like an old like even all the other ones on there were great but like the rem one was just even like wow and theirs so was different because they I, they knew well for i mean trent dresner is an incredible artist nine inch mm -hmm. nails incredible iconic but like rem's rem so the way that they shot that how it was different and how they went into the ins and outs and how they explained how like you know the mandolin ended up on on that song and and yeah, just the way that they did that particular episode, I like that they adapted to the band and the song and the time to make it a little bit different than the other ones. Yeah, to hear that drummer talk about how he just came in with yep. the drums on that and sat down and was just like, "Yeah," and then you hear it and you're just like, "Oh, like you get goosebumps on the whole." Yeah, and again, that's that lightning in a bottle, like just kind of it was just popping and happening and and they don't necessarily know that they're creating something that's no. as iconic that it 
became. And they talk about it like it's not iconic still a bit. Like that's very much, they're just like, yeah, that just happened. Like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's so crazy how you can talk about a song that has done, that did what it did in such a matter of fact way. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, it's, it's insane to me. Yeah. I love, I love that stuff. I mean, just seeing the in and outs, uh, and, and the other part of it, which I think is one of the reasons why I, I love stuff like that. And maybe, maybe you're the same is that, um, you see, you see that everything isn't this super polished, unattainable thing. You know, you, you see the, the experimentation in it. You see how it's like, oh, you know, Phineas is using logic. He's not using Pro Tools. He recorded mm-hmm. it in his room and they used like a desk with a pen on the, on the keyboard of a, uh, you know, a, a computer keyboard to get this sound. And he just put a couple compressors on it and it made, the, it, made it into the session. Like those, those things to me make me feel like anything's possible like you don't have to um you don't have to have this big fancy studio you can just make what you can make your art with the things that you have and have it be great like i love also love that aspect to it as well as the how much talent is there like making those things yeah 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 it's it's because i don't know i ever from a kid all the way through the music business you're just like oh all these things are made on these huge consoles and all this gear and then to see like it that's the vision down. that we have as musicians, yeah you know? it, yeah and i guess uh, kids nowadays i don't even want to sound old here but kids nowadays like that that's not even a vision to them the vision is like i can crack this laptop open and tap a pencil onto a keyboard and boom create and it's awesome i would have died for that when i had my task cam four track when i was a kid yeah like learning what panning was and just like oh my god listen to the separation that's amazing yeah um, i mean and to have the internet to just like literally pull up anybody and search how they did something and yep. how generous people are with the information on telling you yeah this is how i did it which i wouldn't i don't know i just feel like human nature is not that but it is that and it's awesome yeah. Especially in our line of work of how giving people are on, on, yeah, this is how you do it. Or this is how I did it. And, and, and unveiling the, the secrets. That's an interesting point. I was, I was actually thinking about that the other day because I was, you know, I scroll, I have my, you know, YouTube algorithm, the, the recommended for, mm-hmm. you know, watching, listening for me is just like, it's a lot of tutorials, a lot of right now it's a lot of camera and video <laughs> tutorials and, and a lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, videos by Phineas showing yeah. me how he, how he did his <laughs> sessions and all that. And, and also it's like, you know, some guy showing you how to patent a prod, a product from, from step one to 10 and just taking you through the whole process, something that you Mm -hmm. would have had to like call a lawyer before and not know where to go or not know where to start without reading a massive book or something. It's like they take you through the whole thing and it's, and it's great. I mean, it, it works out. People get the information that they need for something that they want to do. And also people want to see this information. So they're getting hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of hits and making money off of YouTube or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Make it's it like a, a win-win. 
It totally is. Yeah, I YouTube is awesome. I mean, I could sit and learn on there all day long. But the I always get paranoid. I sound like a weirdo, but if I'm like uh, Adobe Premiere, um, how do you cut this video? And it's only something that I'm working on like in a snippet of time, but I, I've got a hunt for... It's not something I do every day, so right. I have to, you know hone my skills on it a little bit or do a little refresher but then it's like when it's you like, get when you get to that issue it's like how do i do a quick zoom in here or, or yeah. the, add this keyframe well how do i do a keyframe in, in right yeah, right i get i get you I've, yeah i've been i've been right there with you <laughs> yeah yeah or i just i need this snippet of video cut out and where do i render it at and blah 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 right and but i'm paranoid like oh great now i'm just gonna get uh adobe ads constantly to me or guys like do you want to be the next greatest editor editing is easy at home you know like all this all the horse shit and i'm just like oh but i i need the information but now i'm going to be served these ads and then it'll right. go away and then whatever next thing i'm on to hunting on there right or learning about but it, it's uh i and now i've been in on the audio side of it like back into that again just looking up little techniques and things and these snake oil salesman people on there it is unbelievable on like do you want to be a professional producer watch Here my the master steps. class for for 23.95 yeah and and like step two was you have to be pro what does that mean <laughs> like what is what does that mean like what I, I was just like wow this is crazy but there's suckers sitting there probably yeah either like oh well uh, he's making it sound pretty easy so like let me get into this and learn well they just have you ever into, fallen victim to any of those videos what'd you like, say sorry have you ever sorry i didn't mean to talk over you have you ever no, fallen okay. victim to any of those yeah, of course of course but i, I mean like where you've gotten a class no okay no, okay no. but yeah 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 like today i watched a full two minutes of one of the advertisements because i'm like well i can't believe where this is going where is he taking me with Here, this? here's where they lose me here's where mm -hmm. i stop i get very interested in what they're saying i'm like oh that sounds that's a topic i'm interested in so like you know i'm, I'm always interested in trying and how to get this podcast to more people you know and it's hard mm -hmm. you run into roadblocks and and whatever whatever the the challenges are um but there was this master class this guy that had a podcast is like how to you know get your audio like you know raise your audience by 25 percent per month like guaranteed you know in your podcast and and then i'm like okay i'm listening mm -hmm. and uh and i went in and i i clicked the link and then it says watch the free master class for uh whatever Click the mm -hmm. link. I'm okay. It's free. All right. I'm still with you. And then, and then it's like, give me your email. Give me your blah, 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 uh, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm not doing right. that. Like, it's just no. a ploy to get me on some email list to sell some shit that you have. Like, you're giving me this free thing and, you know, I get it. I, I, I understand how that works. So, yeah. And I hate that. I hate when it's like a bait and switch. Um, but he did this one particular person had a podcast that explained these things for free, which you didn't have to <laughs> whatever, your, yeah. but a lot of it was probably a way to get you to subscribe to his podcast to do exactly what he was talking about. But 
So, so I mean, was it the same guy that had a podcast that was telling you in this video, or it was the same yeah. tech? Oh, it was the same guy. It was the same ah, guy. Ah, to listen to. So he rose his podcast by 25% by getting you. I listened to it and I listened to the right. whole episode. I never was it good information? Because I'm just like, I get what you're saying. Like, I know, I like, I know, like, what he was offering as the way to do it was not like, this mind-blowing secret it wasn't this it wasn't the, it was like just go on to your the comment on all of your comments and and reply to everyone which i uh, which i've made yeah. more of an effort to do because i think i should do it because if people care enough to listen to the show and and are into what i'm doing like i want to be a part i want to like create that community you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just silly like th- that stuff is just uh it's fucking annoying. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. It's, it's a, yeah, it's wild what, how people try to get you in the door. Just, I don't know. I just feel like they're selling to a lot of suckers out there that are just like, oh my God. But I wouldn't know any better, I guess, if I weren't more educated in a certain area. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if somebody was telling me how to learn Adobe Premiere in a half an hour, a professional would be like, there's no way you're going to learn that, but I'm like, oh, I could probably learn some tips and stuff from this. But right. do, do you, when you are commenting or people are commenting, are they commenting on your site or are they commenting on social, on your social media page? Uh, mostly social media. Like I have, um, uh, like after the gig, I purposely made a group instead of like, uh, an artist page for after mm-hmm. the gig because I wanted ah, people to cool. I wanted people to like ask to join. I want, I wanted people to want to be there rather than just like it because I told them to. That is brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the nice thing is I'm, I just, I just hope that people are like really into it. And I think they are. I mean, the, the people that I've had on, um, you know, yourself included, it's just like, there's so much great information. You can go, you can go through the 78 episodes of after the gig and learn mm. so much fucking shit. <laughs> it's like, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, we, I've had Jordan Berger on and he like his, his, what he had to say about podcasts or not podcasts about booking and being a young band in general and the things that you need to do. It's like every, every, kid should listen to mm-hmm. to that episode yeah yeah, yeah. it's um, so invaluable knowledge there on uh on that stuff that's uh your web site too is awesome oh thanks man yeah. yeah it looks great and and uh i was poking around and i'm like this is this is fantastic oh thanks man i appreciate yeah. it i uh those those photos i mean if you have good photos you can make a website you know, with square, I have Squarespace that mm-hmm. I use and they make it so easy. It's great. They're not a sponsor of this podcast, um, yeah. <laughs> which they should be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was easy to create. Sasha Israel took those photos. She's Dan Mills's wife. Do you know Dan? You might not don't know Mm-mm. Dan. He's a, he's an artist. He, he lives in actually in Providence. He was a New York guy for a long time. He was on a Broadway musical. Um, and I grew up with him and, um, he uh his wife is a photographer and she's fantastic she's photographed uh jonathan baptiste like multiple times they're they're friends with them uh she was in this book 
called published in this book called in the company of women which is right next to me mm-hmm. uh and uh, her photography's there she's wedding does weddings and stuff but she she took those photos of me with the guitar in front of that that backdrop um and uh and then the carbon leaf photos were someone else but uh, yeah. that main that main page photograph yeah. was one of hers um but yeah it's, if you have a good photograph awesome. you can is she set in it up. um she's in providence she's in providence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah she, man it's do you guys uh, ever play there do we ever play in providence yeah no we played there once one time i think and i'm like wow i'm in providence yeah cool like, let's get out let's get out of here yeah but i might not ever be back here but i'm I'm in the tiny land of Providence here, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a funny, it's an interesting city. Like, I I'm from Rhode Island. I'm from Cranston, Rhode Island. No way, I didn't it, know that about you. I'm literally was not like throwing out a fishing line of. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. No, no way. I'm from here. All right. Yeah. All right. So Rhode Island is home for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I lived in Boston for a while when when I went to Berkeley, but then how are you so nice? What's that? Bo- how I said, how are you so nice if you lived in Boston? I mean, you <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to turn um, it on. No, it's uh, it's funny. Like I lived there for a while, and then when Genevieve and I had Ethan, we're our lease was up. It just kind of it worked out. Like our landlord was selling the house that we were living in, mm-hmm. so we had to leave. Well, we didn't really technically have to, but um we decided to because we wanted the help of family and all that. And thank God we did because Mm. COVID happened and it would have been a complete fucking nightmare. Um, but that, uh, we moved, we moved, I moved back to Rhode Island. We're in Providence. now. I had no idea that you were, I feel so ignorant, but that was so, it's so wonderful. My green, just like, have you played in Providence? Blah, blah, blah. Pro-. I had no idea that you're in Providence. That's so know. crazy that you just randomly asked me that. <laughs> I know. I, I wondered, it, and it only came to me because I'm like, I want to ask you about this band Zox. Do you remember Zox? Of course. Yes. Yeah. And that's who we played <laughs> with. In, you guys played with Zox in Providence? Did you guys play? You must have played at uh, Lupo's. The, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a great. Nice, that's a great venue. Big room. I played, yeah, I played was, there right before pandemic ended uh, started. Um, this band Monty R.I. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So no. they they were band. We I did their ten year reunion, and I went to high school with. Well, they were older. They were years older than me. So they, we went to the same high school. We've known each other forever. Uh, good friends of mine, and uh, uh, Stevie, the lead singer of Monty R.I plays in 30 seconds to mars uh he's oh he's, cool he's their musical now he was just their bass player kind of keys synth guy mm-hmm. uh now he's their musical director um awesome dude he was on the show and uh yeah that that place that place is like a special a special place for a lot of rhode island bands that's where you know you start out playing at really small places and trying to just play anywhere in Rhode Island. And there's a place called the living room. That's not there anymore. Um, which was incredible. It had a pole in the middle of the fucking stage. Oh my God. That's stickers everywhere. uh, You know, illegal selling booze to underage kids. It was just one of those places. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's some great spots. And a lot of people when I was in high school would rent out like YMCA halls, or different halls and put on their own shows. It's a very musical town, <clears throat> um, musical place. But uh, yeah, 
that's so cool that you guys got to play with Zox at Lupo's. It's badass. It yeah, it was all. I just remember that band and like they were bigger than ever at that time. And then I don't even. Yeah, are they still together? Are they still doing stuff? Or if I felt like they kind of like fizzled out or whatever. But I don't yeah, think they were so. Like, I don't think they're doing it. I could be completely wrong about that, but I I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I they were. That is what a small world. I had no clue that you were in uh, in uh, Rhode Island at whatsoever. Good and old that's why I, but but literally Carbon Leaf doesn't play Rhode Island, right? Yeah. Nope. I, nobody really does unless you've got a thing going there is what it feels like, unfortunately. No offense to Rhode Island, but No, it just is I mean, Rhode Island has um I'm trying I'm trying to think. You know, a lot of people leave Rhode Island. You know, Rhode Island's big for its club scene in Providence. Like it's it's you know, 20 somethings and they, they like to go clubbing in Rhode Island. So yeah. the, the rock crowd or, or, you know, bands like ours, it's this weird, there's a lot of like heavy metal fans in Rhode Island. Hmm. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, it's just a generalization, but it's just kind of my experience. What I've seen friends that I know that are into rock, they're just like into it's, it's extremes. And we're not yeah. like extreme bands. You <laughs> we're know? very middle of the road. We're yeah. right down the, yeah. the center. <laughs> um, so it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those places that I guess no one ever plays. You know, my parents are always like, you got to play in Providence, play at Lupo's. It's like, no one's going to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. they're, they're going to go to Boston or yeah. they'll go, go to New York or whatever. But Providence yeah, there's, is a I, tough, tough ask. Uh, Providence gets kicked to the curb because there's just so many other big markets around there that you're like right. where you don't want to waste your yeah yeah it's that's that's unfortunate but wow that's that's awesome i know somebody that lives in rhode island well two because yeah. my buddy chris who lived in boston got married and lives in providence i believe now too so it's like wow what a small world we all do the same thing we all go to boston because we're yep. like we need to be go in to the real big city, city and then we yeah. all come back <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to the big city how yeah. long were you in boston for uh from 2007 to 2019 and that was all through the steven years um through the kellogg years yeah yeah i I didn't play with kellogg until like 2015 okay so it was later on that you yes yeah and i but you were but you were hubbing out of boston with him say that again like you were living in boston Yes. When and touring with him. With him. Okay. Got he's it. a Connecticut guy, yeah. you know, so, um, I, I had actually opened for Steven when I was, when I was playing with my buddy, Dan, I still play drums for my buddy, Dan. He just doesn't mm-hmm. play out that much. Um, so he just, um, yeah, he sent me an email. He needed, you know, Steven went through drummers kind of like carbon leaf does. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> And it's uh, it just worked out for you know x amount of years is fun and and then it just kind of naturally ended and came to this this other thing you know so yeah um but yeah he he his wife actually went to I think PC so he spent some time in Rhode Island as well so crazy yeah look crazy. at all you Rhode Island characters I yeah. want I I am ready to start the bands play in rhode island in providence movement i am that, i'm ready that's for it. brilliant I, mean, I think you know if red wanting blue and carbon leaf 
do another tour together, which we absolutely, absolutely should, we should set that too. up because it was the most fun thing ever. Yeah. Um, I think Providence should be on the list and we should that would on- be, that would be so much. I mean, I can guarantee our draw for that show will be abysmal, abysmal, <laughs> but, but we'll be there. But um, together to, for, for both of our abysmal draws, it will, yeah. it will add up to one, one poorly drawn, <laughs> drawn. Yes. Show. Yes. Yes. Poorly attended show. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll end up working out in some yeah. way. That tour that we did down to the rock boat was a blast. It was like, awesome. To get into that groove of playing that many shows in a row, which we hadn't done in a long time, A, felt amazing. And then we were on like, we, I felt like we were in the carbon leaf cycle of pumping out the shows and playing, not like having fun at all of them, but yeah. pumping those out. And then to hang with you guys every day, it's just it's a breath of fresh air. It's so much fun to yeah. to see everybody and and bullshit and hang out and play together. When I mean the, like yeah, yeah, everybody exactly. come in and play together and do our thing and have similar fan bases and not be like, Who are we out with right now? <laughs> like, why are these bands playing together? Yeah, or what are we doing? Yeah, it, it, it's nice to, you know, go to dinner and like also you know you're in a good situation where you where one band blows out a trailer tire and is pulled over on the side of the road and then the other band pulls over too yes that, yes it's, it's pretty, wonderful that's when you know you're gonna have a good time you're in a special circumstance yeah yeah and it's yeah and you guys understand it's not like oh, who yeah. are these jokers or yeah or what on and, both sides it's just like shit happens we both know it and we're there to lend a helping hand to each other and yeah no one's freaking out you're all like oh yeah nope. the tire blew out cool all right where's yep. the spare yep. yep and we'll move on we'll play the show and, like nothing happened it's just another pit stop really it's funny to watch everybody jump out of a vehicle know exactly what to do yep. and go at it and it's a very it's very calming um experience for a an intense time really i freak out like when stuff i get very anxious like i you know i was driving when that happened yeah so i noticed you know some lady in a minivan pulled up next to me was like you're tired (laughs) i'm like huh Huh? what (laughs) you know get this crazy person's next to us so and then i pulled over and uh and i was like oh fucking but you know everybody on the bus is is so great in those situations barry in particular is like you don't want anyone other than barry. like it, the fact that he's there in a situation like that is just like it's it's all it's going to be fine See, <laughs> you know you know that's that it's gonna wonderful take care of it. he just yeah. goes out there he's very gung-ho he's like oh this is great he almost like looks forward to those situations yeah it's, you know uh, that's funny that you say that because scott is the same way and yeah. He'll get his monkey suit on, like his grease monkey, blue. Like he's he's like ready for it. Like red, it's it's sitting in there, ready to like he's ready for the world to end, to get yeah. into that situation to do it. But he's just he's on it and just gets it done. And you're like, God, I couldn't have a better person right now to get through this. And I know, and, and I think that's a te- I think that uh, um, you can you can add those two things to why the bands have both lasted that long it's just like to have that person is just like it's invaluable i mean i am just so not that person 
I, a lot of times I just stand in the back like, all right, just let me know if you guys need me to hold any of the lug nuts or anything. Uh, I'll, I'll help when I can. And That's me. Like yeah. I'm, I stay in the bus and I'm like, I'm doing the accounting right now and uh, following up on a few emails. You yeah. guys got this because nobody's going to come do this and you'll do that. And then we'll come back together and we'll get where we need to be. But yeah, I'm totally like no idea where the lug nuts go. No idea where... <laughs> Couldn't tell you the first thing about where's getting the, under the vehicle. Where's the jack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so you you touched on that. Like, you're the kind of business endy guy. Um, mm-hmm. And is is that just a role that you naturally fell into? Or is that is that something that you, like, enjoy doing? Um, I'm sure you do. It, it's, it's just, like, yeah, it's always interesting you- to me who kind of does what in bands other than playing the music i think in some sick way you have to enjoy it because it's such it's all the work that when you're in your basement at 12 years old like i'm going to be in a band and i'm going to pursue music you don't even think of any of that none of stuff you don't think of the accounting and payroll and taxes and inventory and uh, you know budgeting tours and you know writing a gas calculator to figure out how much it's going to be to get from city a to b and all the crazy stuff like that and so i yeah i do love that i love running a small business i've run a small business since i was in seventh grade when i started djing and bought gear my parents are like we'll get you this gear and you can go do this and I'm like, awesome. I love this. This is great. I have a nice little small business and I get to work and all that stuff. So yeah, the whole business brain side of things has has always been in me. And um, uh, what else was I going to say about it? That uh, you have to love, yeah, you have to love to do it. And the reason that I started doing it is when I came into Red Wanting Blue and I saw the merch money literally go from how much did we how not even how much did we make tonight but let me get that wad of um money that we sold cds for and i'll just put it in this money that we settled out with and it all went into the same pot and had no clue on how many cds you were selling how many t-shirts you were selling yeah then i saw uh vendors not getting paid like t-shirt printers like not that invoice never getting settled up because the money would be spent before you could pay them. And I was just like, wow, this is a mess. This needs to get settled out so we can figure out how we can maximize how much we're making and run this. Like this has to be like a business and God bless Scott, but that just wasn't his, that wasn't his, uh, his deal. He wasn't, he wasn't the business guy. So I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll do the business. Give me the merch side of the business just to start give that for me to manage and you take the other show side of it and I'm going to start, I'm going to run the merch like it's its own thing over here. So none of that money can be touched by the other half of the business. And then, then, you know, all that money will obviously go together, but watch, we'll make money. I'll build this. I'll take my parents' credit card and I'll buy the merch stuff on it and I'll pay the merch off and we'll walk away and we'll have some money left over at the end because that's how the business should work. And built that up, and then 
it, it and then I started to come in and say, okay, well, give me some of the tour managing aspects of it and give me some more of the business e side of things of it. And I'll just keep things organized and start to create processes where this stuff just works. Like it just, we function and the, the business is functioning and we don't have to worry about, oh no, we're this much in the hole and and all of a sudden don't have enough money and we're robbing Peter to pay Paul and, and mm, that right. whole cycle. Yet, like, are we sitting on stacks of cash? No. And is it a struggle every day? Yeah, it's a struggle, but at least it's a managed struggle. Yeah, at least, you know, crazy business. At least you know where you stand. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know when to put the brakes on r- rather than, like, before we're in the hole with our, you know, 15 years ago, we're in the hole with our agent by you know a lot of money and had to work our way out of that and it was just you know you're you start playing gigs that you don't really want to play and doing that whole thing and and um yeah so and then i don't know i would tell anybody getting to this into this this day like learn business like at least know how to balance your checkbook if you even have to do that anymore. But just the basics of that are so important, especially people that go to music school always blew my mind how for music school, there was never any business classes like Hmm. basic business classes or the, the, the kids that I knew that went to Capitol university here in town and were, were the music kids they never were taking any like business classes and it blew my mind that like that's wow right but you went to berkeley right i did but i was a i was a music music business major well there you go like that's the way to hand that's the way to do it yeah i i um but i dabbled in in a few different things so i i opted to take lessons for longer than they you know longer than the program allows you to Mm -hmm. um but I, uh, unless, unless you're, um, a performance major, but I chose to go the music business route because I wanted to have that background. And and I took accounting classes. I took micro macroeconomics. I took all that stuff. So, um, it was, uh, I didn't necessarily get everything out of them that I should have or, or now wanted to, but as a young, as a young student, um, but you know, those, all those classes, like the tax classes I took are so valuable. I know what I can write off what I can't, you know, I know how to keep track of those things. Um, so it's just, and, and like you said, if you're running it as a business, like I still, I'm a member of a band, but before I became a member of the band, I was getting a 1099 from everyone every year and Mm -hmm. having to put those things together, put money aside for taxes and that for the end of the year. And, I wouldn't have known to do that if I didn't have have that wherewithal or, you know, didn't take take those classes at Berkeley or didn't have cousins that are accountants. <laughs> but right. But it, it's just um And then those, you find yourself at the end of the year like, Oh my God, I owe a lot of money and I spent it all and yeah. It's fucking crazy. They take it, too much from, from us. <laughs> oh my God. You I know. It's crazy. Whenever I have to write that check at the end of it, luckily I don't think I will have to do that this year. I I have uh, game planned for it, but um, man, last last year after my you know 2019 taxes were just uh, writing that check at the end of that year was just uh, uh, that sucked. <laughs> it sucked but, big time. Yeah, yeah. I do it quarterly, and it 
Yeah, I started to do it quarterly after after that. I was like, I can't do that again. I need to yeah. I need to do it quarterly. But um, now now that I'm a a member, it's it just works out different. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The but uh, but that's for like the other. So I didn't mean to hijack what you were saying. There, no, that's fine. The other, I'm 10.99 in two of my jobs, and then I'm an employee of Red Wanting Blue and right. a partner in that whole op in this whole operation. So the, yeah, the 1099 world was new to me in like 2018 and then the like self-employment taxes and everything of just like, oh my God, this is, I like when it's just taken out of my check and I don't have yeah. to manage all of the, yeah. you know, be an adult essentially. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot. Taxes the, suck. The best thing about those years, the, that year that I had to pay a bunch was that I also had a shit load of expenses. So yep. I could, I offset it quite a bit. Um, cause I got expensive guitar or I got, yeah. a, I got a new computer, or, you know, all the, all these yeah. things that I need needed for my business is, you know, was all, was all right offable. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that was good, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think this is an important lesson for people that want to be in the music business to learn or want to run a band. Like you just can't, I have like never been that guy in a band cause I haven't had to be. There's always been someone like you in a band yeah. that I've, <laughs> that I've been in that takes care of it. Um, but it's like, you know, it's nice to know when, you know, when something might be falling through the cracks, like, Hey, uh, do you have that all settled or, you know, it's always nice to kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have your, I don't know. And also I feel like sometimes I come across like um, controlling and it's not a controlling thing, but that's again, my own paranoia of like, I don't want people to look at me as like this. I got to be in control and know everything. But at the end of the day, I just like to know what's going on Yeah, financially and, and business wise. So we're making the best decisions or right. so I can at least, you know, give my two cents on like i think this is a good decision or a bad business decision rather right. than this will just be fun right, <laughs> well, you should right. go do it and lose money and yeah, I yeah. Got, everyone's got to pay rent that's right right we all have to we all want to make some money here at the end of the day and go right. home and eat and live but yeah right. anyway. nice well the, i think that was uh Man, this has been almost two hours. I've kept you for a long time. I'm so sorry. I could nap with you. You didn't keep me. This is great. Okay, good. This was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I hope I was, you know, 10% interesting or... It's all Yeah, great. it's great it's talking great. with you. Like, I want to just get on and be like, okay, no podcast. Let's just chat. Tell me we'll more do. about Providence. We'll do... Oh, dude. Providence, man. Let me tell you. And that's the episode with Greg Rom. You can catch the rest of the episode on the Patreon page patreon.com slash after the gig a bunch of different tiers there it's a way you can get involved and support the podcast so that is it i will see you next week on the road bye